Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 250 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Today, we'll talk about the final day of the Power of Practice competition. In the questions, we'll talk about how to modify your grip for the pendulum serve. We'll give some tips for picking a coach and discuss how to stay composed when things aren't going your way. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, Supercoach Alois Rosario is here with me to answer your questions. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey. And yes, show 250, that is huge. It certainly is, Alois. Now, um, we do have some sad news, though, because you have got yourself a job at the Australian Bureau of Statistics in the mathematical department. Yeah. So you're working a lot of extra hours. So this is going to be our last show. Yes, uh, yeah, it is a bit unfortunate. So, yeah, I've got to be there early in the mornings. Uh, so, new job, working with numbers. Um, so, pretty excited about that. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, won't have time to do the show, but we will still be uh, doing all of our ping skills videos and uh, and yes. answering questions, etc. Yep. Well, a big opportunity for you. Lots of maths, lots of numbers. So, congratulations. Um, well done. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. You are welcome. All right. Now, Alois, let's talk about um, this day in history. What yeah. happened yeah. on this day in history? Yeah. So today um, is um, the 1st of April and it's uh, April Fool's Day, a time for famous hoaxes and pranks. So um, just a little bit of, you know, tried to delve into where this came from. Um and one theory is that it uh, originated in India with the celebration of the spring equinox, where it was often marked by fooling people by sending them on fruitless errands. Um, so another school of thought is that uh, it began in 1582 in France, following the introduction of the Gregorian calendar, uh, when New Year's Day was moved from the 25th of March to the 1st of April, New Year's week, to the 1st of January. So there's still a lot of uh, dispute about the actual origins of April Fool's Day, but there's a couple of um, ideas or thoughts. Um, and, yeah, there's been some, there's been some good pranks uh, pulled over the years as well. Yeah, there certainly has. One of the most famous I remember in Australia anyway was on the news. They talked about cricketing legend Don Bradman, which a lot of people probably don't know if they don't play cricket, but he was a famous cricketer. He averaged scoring 100 runs, well, actually 99.94 runs every time he batted, which was nearly double anyone else, just an amazing cricketer. And the uh, the news reporter said they went back through the records and found he actually scored an extra six runs in this test match that wasn't accounted for. So his average actually did move from 99.94 to 100. <laughs> but it was an April Fool's Day joke. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. And, uh, and I was just reading about another one. Um, so in 1998, Burger King um, uh, ran an ad in USA Today saying that uh, people could get a whopper for left-handed people, which would be fantastic for me. Um, <laughs> and, it would. Yeah, and the contents the contents were designed to drip out of the right-hand side instead of the left-hand side. So, uh, yeah, apparently lots of, lots of people went into the restaurant and requested the new left-handed burger. Brilliant. <laughs> Too funny. Um, now, Alois, um, you know what I did yesterday? What did you do yesterday, Jeff? 
I crossed my computer with a lifeguard. Now it's a screensaver. <laughs> then I crossed the same computer with an elephant. Yeah. And now it's got lots of memory. Oh, Jeffrey. And you know what I did then? What did I you do then? Yes, I played it at chess and it beat me. But you know what? It was no match for me at kickboxing. That's not funny. <laughs> That's funny. No match for me in kickboxing. Beat me in chess. Uh, <laughs> it's Friday, so Friday funnies. Of course it's yeah, funny. Yeah, that, that was Friday sort of funny. You, you know what? Seeing as though you're going off to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, Alloys, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start that? doing a job as a comedian. I'm going to do stand-up. Yeah, I think uh, don't give up your day job, Jeff. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, let's get into the questions, Alois, because that's what everybody wants to hear. Absolutely. Me too. Uh, now, Matthew Fisher has jumped on to the Google Q&A button and asked a question live on the show. So thank you, Matthew. He says, hey, Alois and Jeff, how do I get my hands on a Ping Skills T-shirt? Thanks. Ah, yeah. So um, we do have some available on the site. If you go to the store um, page, so you just go up to the top and up there about there on the website, there's a store button. Click on there and then you will see a link to the merchandise. So get onto there and, um, yeah, you can get one off. Have a look. Yeah, a slightly limited range. We used to have a different option, but that store shut down. But they had great shirts, so... We are looking for some way to produce some shirts. So if anyone has any ideas on any good places to or how to source some shirts, let us know. We need some help in this area. Yeah, we're sort of looking for um, on-demand, really, on-demand shirts, probably in the US. Um, so, yeah, if you've got some good ideas, let us know, please. Absolutely. All right, thanks for the question, Matthew. All right, now um, the... You know what? I'm just going to skip around here, Alloys. Get rid of one question. Now I'm going to go to the Ping Skillers questions of the day. And yesterday's was, do you have a good idea for a Ping Skillers question of the day? Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. We did get a few um, good ones. So um, uh, Mark O'Reilly said three-star orange plastic balls. So... Yeah, so I think he, I think he's thinking about you know should we have three star orange plastic balls? Um, Thad said, "What? Uh, sorry, um, he wants to know who would win a match between Alloys and Jeff." Now that's not really a question, Thad. Oh, there's one word answer, and the answer is Alloys. So I mean that's pretty pretty easy sort of question. Um, and you know it is April Fools, everyone. So when he says that, really means. <laughs> <laughs> um, Luke Blythman said, what is an ebb jar? I don't know what that is, Luke, an ebb jar. And no, no, no. Maybe he's talking about an ebb jar. Maybe. Um, and, um, and or what do you serve at match point? I reckon you serve a ball. But, yeah, no, that's probably a good, good question, Luke. But um, Jonathan has said, 
and we have we're going to use this for today is should edge balls and net balls be considered out so i think that's a good one and so that is today's ping skillers question of the day should edge balls and net balls be considered out good question and jump onto the facebook page or the ping seals blog to answer that question love to hear your input yep so yeah some good suggestions there maybe maybe we can use that what what sort of serve do you serve a match point in the future maybe um interesting on the orange plastic balls alloys yeah they don't have any of those yet um but that's because they were focusing on just making sure the white ones were good first um and maybe in the future they will start producing them yeah um, that yeah that that is right so there was um uh a document that was produced by the ITTF that came out recently. And I've, and I've already put a link on um, our Facebook page to that document. So you can go there. Um, it's about the new plastic balls. It's by Torsten Kuneth, who's the equipment committee uh, member in charge of ball approvals. So interesting uh, document there. And, and there he does talk about um, why they haven't started producing orange balls as yet. So uh We'll put another link to that. Uh, but if you go to our Ping Skills Facebook page, there is a link there on that as well. Excellent. All right. Now, Alloys, um, the Power of Practice Challenge, if you're still somewhere where it's the 31st of March, it's your last day for us, it's over. What What did you think of the whole Power of Practice competition? Yeah, I, um, Firstly, for me, from a personal point of view, um, I found it really interesting. Um, it's uh, It was good to uh, learn a skill again. So, you know, I, I do learning in other areas, but not table tennis so much now, or, you know, I don't focus so much on a table tennis skill. So it was good to go back to learning a table tennis skill um, and just see the processes that um, happened to me um, and I think it just it it helps me relate a little bit more to my coaching as well. Um, so yeah, lots of things happened, you know. And I think the probably the biggest lesson I got out of it was progression isn't linear. So we don't just progress like so. Um, there are lots of little ups and downs um, along the way. And this was only like thirty one days, you know, like it's a pretty short period of time in an overall. Um, um, you know, table tennis skill point of view. Um, but in those 31 days, there were lots of little ups and downs and times when I was going, yes, I've got this and times when, oh, I'm never going to get this. So um, so for me, that was probably the biggest learning um, learning point. Yeah. So Jeff, yeah. So I know, yeah, I know that with you, you, you got probably bored with your um, skill um, fairly early on in the month. Uh, a little bit, but um, yeah, and I guess just, you know, time commitments and other things, I, I didn't quite get as many practices towards the end of the month as I should have, you know, um, but I still want to do the five minutes, Alloys. I'm pretty stubborn that way, so I think, you know, I'm going to keep practicing that on and off until I get a five-minute rally. Um, yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, so it, interesting, so you've you've really got a definite goal in mind, and... You know, even though you couldn't find time during the month, you're still pretty focused on it, which is great. Um, but for me, the the interesting thing with that was, I suppose it wasn't something that was drawing you like um, 
fanatically to it every single day. And maybe also the, the fact that you didn't, or it, it was a little bit harder to do than the spin catcher. So the spin catcher, all I needed was my bat and ball and I'd just go anywhere and, and film it. Whereas you did have to be at a table um, to do it. Yeah, exactly. Slightly harder to do. Um, and then, you know, I got four minutes, just over four minutes and stuff. So I think it's definitely possible too. So it wasn't like, I don't think it's possible, but I still want to do it. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm still keen on exploring the idea about the switching, whether that's possible, because that was really difficult. So, you know, maybe that's an area I will look at um, in the future as well. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So, do you think do you think you're going to focus completely on that five minutes with a one side first, or do you think you'll keep keep switching uh, between the one side and the two sides and the? I think the five minutes first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Indeed. Good one. Yep. And we had lots of people, Alois, doing the um, doing the skills, and we're going to announce some winners shortly. Yeah, so Monday we will announce the winners just because uh, today is still the 31st in a lot of places in the world. So on Monday we will announce uh, the winners of the premium memberships uh, for uh, for the competition. And it has been really good to see all the all the people that have been participating from around the world, from everywhere around the world. So um, thanks for joining in. And, and it'll be also interesting to get your feedback now on um, your learning process as well. And that is going to help um, us. And also it'll help other people just with um, that learning process too. Yeah, so that, that's a great idea. So for all those people that have been sending in videos, why don't you think about doing like a summary video at the end, just saying what your experiences were, how you felt the learning process went and in, what you learned about the whole thing. That would be great. All right. So, yes, everyone, Monday we will announce the winners. Um, yeah, we, so, might, we might have to do that on the website, Alice, because this is our last show because of your job doing numbers. Good point. Statistics. Yes. Indeed. Good point. Yeah, um, but we'll still figure out how to announce it somehow. Yeah. And the, the that summary video you were talking about, Jeff. Um, so Ben um, Larkham did do a summary video, which I thought was really, really good. And that's what really attracted us to... Um, to doing this, uh, these challenges. So you can have a look at that um, summary video by Ben Larkin. He's, um, his skill was uh, bouncing the ball on the end of his bat. Um, so, yeah, thanks for, for, um, for alerting us to, to this and uh, thanks for, um, thanks for doing, that, doing that summary video too. Yes, I'll put a link in the show notes to that video. It was a good video. Okay. Now... Victor E has jumped on and asked a question, Alois, live on the show. He says, would Waldner survive against the current players? I don't think so. I think the game is too fast and they're too strong at the moment. Waldner would have a chance, maybe in his prime. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, today, if Waldner walked out um, from his house and went and played Marlong, yeah, Marlong would kill him. Um, but... Um, yeah, it's always this interesting question, isn't it? If Waldner was born, you know, in this time, or if this was his era, I think he would have progressed with them. He was just an exceptional um, talent. He he had um, things that I haven't seen any other table tennis player possess, you know, just the time that he had, um, his ability to see where the ball was. Um, so I think he would be competitive with Marlong. 
Zhang Ziker, Zhu Zin, um, all of those guys now, if, um, if this was his era. Yeah, well, I mean, the Swedish team competed for such a long time against the Chinese team. I think Waldner won the World Championships in 89, runner-up in 87, and then Person won it in 91. That's the singles. But then I think even Sweden, even in like 2000, they managed to win the World Teams Championship against China. So for a long time, Sweden were very competitive. And in the recent... uh, interview with Jorgen Persson that Table Tennis Daily did on their podcast, they asked Persson about whether he'd be able to beat these players and he was kind of like, you know, I think we would have found a way. So it was interesting. I guess they've got to have that sort of mental belief to be as good as they were. Um, yeah, that, 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 that is an interesting comment by uh, Jorgen. Um, and, and, I mean, why not? Because, as you said, they did compete with China um, and China wasn't much worse in those days. I mean, they they still had the same number of players, um, same system. So, um, yeah. So I think, you know, in their day, those Swedes were fantastic. Yeah, don't, don't forget Eric Lind and um, Michael Appelgren and all those guys. Absolutely. All right, let's get on to a question from Abhishek, who says, what are the different ways in which the shake hand grip can be modified for the pendulum serve and other spin serves. Yeah, so Abhishek, so the, for the pendulum serve, what you um, can do is take these three fingers away from the handle, definitely loosen them, and you can make uh, put them in a fist behind the handle there. So that then allows you to use your wrist in that movement there. So if you've got the fingers around the handle, you can't really use the wrist forwards and backwards very well, but you do use the wrist more side to side that way, which isn't which isn't as big a movement. So by doing that, we can now utilise the wrist in a full motion up and down that way. And that then allows us to um, get the bat to move faster, which in turn allows us to spin the ball faster. So that's the pendulum serve. But even all the other serves... The, the thing is to allow a bigger range of movement with your wrist. So even for the tomahawk serve, for example, you would just loosen these fingers here. Again, if you've got your wrist tight, okay, the, the wrist movement is only there. If you've got your um, fingers relaxed, you can use your wrist a lot further. So for the tomahawk serve, you can just loosen these fingers off and that allows you a bigger range of movement. For the backhand serve, similar sort of thing. So instead of having a tight grip and only having that motion, just loosen these fingers off and then you can um, utilise your wrist a lot more. So it's a lot about just um, loosening the the little finger and the ring finger, um, especially off the grip. Yeah, excellent question, Abhishek. And good to see you wanting to improve your serve. Such an important part of the game. All right. Uh, next question is from Leon, who says, how can I pick a coach? I went to a club and a few coaches approached me uh, to coach me. It was quite overwhelming. Should I practice under a couple of coaches and see which co- coach I like best? Or should I just pick the best player or coach? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's a, it's an interesting one. If if a coach 
came up and was, if, if a lot of coaches came up and was sort of, you know, in my face and and wanting to coach me, I'd almost go, well, okay, thanks, but you know, um, no thanks for now. Um, I think, um, firstly, when you're picking a coach, the most important thing is that they need to be interested in actually helping you to develop your game. So if they're interested in the financial reward for themselves, just get rid of them. It's not worth it. Um, If they're interested in helping you with your game, that is much more important than even their table tennis knowledge, their table tennis ability, um, all of those things um, are secondary um, to their actual interest in uh, your development. So that for me, that's the bottom line. If you can find someone that's really wanting to help you to improve, then then that's uh, that's really really important for me. Um, and interesting, Alice. But the financial part, surely the coach deserves to get paid, though. Absolutely, absolutely. But you can sort of tell. You know, you can sort of tell. Um, whether a, per, a coach is going through the motions of, um, you know, just doing my hour, um, thanks for the money at the end. Um, and, you know, they're, they're really not that um, interested in seeing how much you develop. So, yeah, right. for me, that's, that's, that's the important part. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, yeah, it is difficult though, isn't it? I guess you could talk to other players and see what their thoughts are on the coaches. Um, but if you're new to a club, it's it, it's hard to gauge straight away. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Um, and and I, I think probably the best thing is to, if you go to the club, watch these guys coaching and just observe them for a little while. That's probably the best um, the best thing as well, you know. Um, just watch what they do. Um, so, yeah, maybe, that, maybe that's an um, idea. Yeah, um, I think what I'd do, Alois, is just go to the club for a week or two, just play some games or get involved some other way and then watch the coach, ask a few people, and then just pick one of them and try them for a while. Yeah. And uh, on on the same question, Jared um, sent, a, sent us through a comment on it and he said, my, my friend who introduced me to table tennis gave me some helpful advice when I was in the same situation as you. He told me to ask the coaches what's the easiest way for me to get really good at table tennis? And only the coaches who explain that there is no easy way to get good and that through hard work and dedication is the only way to get good um, and actually care about improving you and helping you. Hope that helps. So, yeah, another good comment there from uh, from Jared. The old trick question. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. All right. Uh, the next question is from Stan, who says, in my experience, I've noticed that a few players, including myself, sometimes start to lose their composure, getting frustrated because of losing, which causes them to start losing more. Do you have any way to help keep composure? Ah, uh, yeah. This is this is a big one, isn't it? Um, so we see... So often, players are equal on ability, but it's just their their mental ability and their emotional control that gets them over the line compared to someone else that isn't able to control themselves emotionally. How do you how do you um, develop that emotional control? It's a long process. So one is to 
just start to recognize your feelings. Start to recognize when you're starting to explode. Um, what is happening to your body? When? Um, what are the little triggers that you find that, um, that make that happen? So if you can start to recognize those feelings early, then you've got a better chance of um, turning the tide a little bit. Then it's a matter of developing um, some techniques for yourself of how to, ch to, to change that uh, behavior. Um, you know, some simple ways are to, when you, as soon as you start to feel those feelings start to well up, is to take a nice long deep breath, nice abdominal breath, um, and just start to focus on calming your breath and calming yourself down. Um, other, other ideas are, you know, th things like a pre-point routine, which just gets you to um, go through a routine which basically occupies your mind so you haven't got time to start to think about, oh, my goodness, you know, like, oh, I've just played a terrible shot or I, um, I'm losing or, I, gee, I'm really close to winning here, I'm getting nervous, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, lots of, lots of things that you can do, but it is a big question. It's not something you can just change straight away. Uh, we do have a section on sports psychology in our, uh, on our website. So go to that section and there's some really interesting videos on there um, for you to have a look through um, as free members. And there's also a, a premium member video on there um, as well. So um, head to that section and just work your way through and just see if you can get some other ideas out of that too. Yeah, it certainly is such a big topic, Alois. And I think that, um, the old adage of taking it a point at a time is is really the key to the whole thing, but that's not easy to do. If you can just focus on each point individually, not worry about everything else, then you're going to be doing well. But, you know, it's hard to do that, and that's why it's such a big topic. As Alice said, check out all the videos on our sports psychology section. I'll put a link in the show notes. They really kind of frame that well. Good question, Stan. And, you know, it's good. You've made a step by noticing this is happening. Now you can take some steps to improve in that area. All right. And now, Alois, a couple of quick questions live on the show from Victory. He said, please tell me when the next tour is and what it's called. Well, I think there's like a world tour that the ITTF runs and they have events all the time. We just had the Qatar Open the next one on April 9th is the Chile Open and then on April 5th and April 20th is the Polish Open. So if you go to the ITTF website, you can see all the events on the Pro Tour. And, and lucky um, lucky the Polish Open isn't on Smigus Dingus Day because you would get very wet. <laughs> you would. We found out that in another show. Smigus Dingus Day. Great day. All right. And, and then the other... Yes. Yeah, Martin sort of got back to us and said, you know, the explanation that we gave about, you know, throwing boys, throwing water on girls is sort of a bit old. You know, that's sort of 50 years ago. Now, basically, everyone just has a water fight, you know, um, water balloons, um, water guns, and just everyone just gets very, very wet. Brilliant. Love it. Smingus Dingus Day. We should do that here in Australia on Smingus Dingus Day. Just have a big water Smingus. fight. Smingus. Smingus. Get it right, Jeff. <laughs> day. Have a big water fight. Awesome. Yes. All right. Now, um, uh, Victory wants to know how much do you know about wrestling in WWE? That was it. That's what I know. 
Okay. Uh, not a lot. No. All right, Alois. Well, there we go. Uh, today, April 1st, our 250th and final show. Thanks, everyone, for watching. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Make sure you check out pingskills.com. Sign up for our free newsletter so you keep getting lots of tips from us, pingskills.com. And thank you, Alois. Enjoy your number crunching at the Australian Bureau of Statistics. Thanks, Jeff, and uh, happy April Fool's Day. Bye. Bye.